Now, the last week I spoke about that uh, about how to overcome fretting, which is a daily experience that all of us go through, except exceptionally uh, emotionally, mentally strong people. Ordinary people are vulnerable to get frustrated, uh, fume over things. But the only difference would be what makes you, what prompts you fume. Some people have a very high threshold of fretting, or you can say the long fuse. But whichever, however long our fuse are, it one day it will flow. Unless we put it out, it will explode. Any bomb will explode. Uh, but depends on the difference between bombs are the the length of the fuse. Now the reason or how to overcome fretting that is the issue it is not what makes you fret i said last week that there could be n number of things depending on the situation that we live depending on the type of people we are and the type of people we engage with uh, our own emotional makeup our own spiritual uh, maturity all this depending on all that you know we all they have reason to fret. But overcoming fret, the first thing the book of Psalms, the wise old man says, is to trust in God. And we saw yes, last week, if anyone is new today, you missed the uh, sermon last week. You just want to summarize that. There are three ways of trusting in God. And that is to be focused trust. Not to be distracted by anything. The second is trusting in God is a joyful trust, a delightful trust. Trusting with confidence and knowing that God is in charge that so that you can enjoy the journey without being uh, distracted. Now, for example, uh, taking a cruise ship, a cruise trip in the sea or in a huge lake like the Victoria Lake in the Africa. Now, when we have trusted uh, uh, the captain that he will take us around the lake or around the sea or around the river, the, the captain of the cruise ship, all that we need to simply enjoy the show, enjoy the water, the scenery, enjoy the entertainment in the, in, in the deck, on the deck and enjoy the food. Enjoy friendship around, make new friends. That is delightful trust. Trusting God and a joyful trust. He is in charge. I can be joyful with my life. So when we come to that, and the third thing is a wise trust. That is knowing the will and purposes of God regarding our circumstances. God has a plan. God has a plan for those who cause fretting. That makes us fret. And we are not supposed to fret. But if you are fretted, God has a plan for the circumstances. It may be the job situation that we go to. It may be the neighborhood that we have to live. God has a plan. So knowing God's wisdom, God's plan, we trust in God. That is wise trust. In the second part of this, uh, how to get over, what does the Bible say about getting over? I just want to focus on just one thing, but still, I think it is in three parts. That is, 
the blessings for the righteous those who trust in him the what so when when i know so we tell children and uh, see if you drink the milk you will get a toffee isn't it so the children drink the milk or we say this cup syrup ayurvedic cup syrups are not sweet at all so we say drink this and you will get you can go to play with your friends there out there so there's a reward for those who trust in god and those without instead of fretting over fuming over things that around them so i just want to take you all through all of us through three blessings that people who trust in god that god has promised for people who trust in god without fretting so i was blogging the last week and in my latest blog but some of you are visiting my site will see it is not the latest blog because i am writing over what i wrote or earlier see i said god is calling us to trust without fret trusting without fretting so i came with a one liner uh, sometimes that happens when i write i am i mean that's what we should do actually the first blessing without much elaboration the first blessing is god's vindication god will bless us with vindication psalm 37:6 he will bring forth your righteousness that's a promise he will bring forth your righteousness 37:6 as the light and the next line expands that light that is and your justice as the noon day as you know noon day is the brightest time of the day so god says promises that he will bring forth means or or read it as god will reveal your righteousness as the light so that every one can see it nobody can deny it because as objects are most clear in during 12 o'clock noon 12 noon nobody can deny that truth now what does the psalmist mean by righteousness here you know some people go for a deep theological reflection see we should also see that it also has ordinary meaning not very sophisticated meaning righteousness in the bible is the simplest interpretation of righteousness is our rightness that we are right god's righteousness is god is right and we enjoy god's righteousness because the god who is always right does right for us that is god's righteousness what is the righteousness expected from us that is that we do the right thing towards god and others so in this sentence in this was righteousness means that the fact that at some point in life time when we are denied justice in some point in time when we are misrepresented or 
when the fact that we are right is denied our insincerity our honesty our rightness before god is hidden or people try to hide it people try to gloss over it people try to negate it when we come to such a situation the word of god promises that god will bring forth god will uncover one day not today maybe it may take few days also maybe months also in some cases the fact that they were right in what they did may be revealed only after their death there are uh, godly people who had some experience like that but the promise stands the promise stands but who is the most important thing that i really liked and thanked god is the emphasis on this here is an active verb whose subject is god let me read that verse again he will bring forth that means god will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noon day who will do that the righteous people godly people every believer who has put his trust or her trust in god need to know that there is no need for self defense the subject is not us the subject is god that is why jesus told his disciples when he sent them out to this hostile world he said don't worry about don't rehearse in your mind what you are going to say when you are arrested and brought before the authorities and the judges that will happen when you are brought before court you don't worry about don't rehearse what i will be saying how, how will i make up my case and uh, don't worry about that jesus said the holy spirit will give in your mouth what you have to say no believer should attempt for self defense give it to the hands of god who judges rightly even if you are misunderstood if your righteousness is covered up distorted misrepresented trust in the promise of god that is a righteous judge he will judge he will reveal if you are innocent there's a day of reckoning god will reveal your innocence my innocence that's my confidence i was teaching or rather would say learning together the book of acts last week as we are doing all all thursdays and uh, the passage that we had was paul's ministry his ministry in corinth chapter 18 of acts and uh, the hostile jews brought paul the missionary the preacher dragged him before or brought him before gallio the roman governor and they accused him and uh, then paul opened his mouth please look through chapter 18 of acts it the bible says very clear it says when paul opened to defend his case gallio stopped him 
Yeah. Galileo, the judge, stopped him and did not even require his testimony, but he made a verdict and he drove, he said, I am not going to in involve in your case now, Jewish case now. You take care of itself, yourself. And he, he drove them. He drove the opponents of Paul from his presence. And Paul ministered in Corinth for one and a half years. I don't know whether it's after this incident or altogether. The second city, sorry, the, 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 the second longest stay in Paul's life after Ephesus was in Corinth. Why? Nobody touched him. Nobody could blame him. But who took his case? Gallio, the Roman governor, who was not even a Christian, a Gentile. He, the Holy Spirit, provoked him, prompted him to stand for Paul without Paul opening his mouth. Because the promise of God. He will bring forth your righteousness and justice like light and like the noonday. That's the promise of God. The subject is God. Self-defense is not even in, in, needed in many cases. Because we have a defender. We have an advocate. But this is not this is not without conditions. All promises have something that we have to do. It's an encouragement for us to live godly lives. One condition for this, when this promise of vindication is given, is found in the next previous verse. Sorry, previous verse. 37.5 which says, verse 37.5 which says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and he will act. You commit your way to God. Don't commit your way to anyone else. You commit your way to the Lord. Give the destiny God in the hands of God. Commit your way means you commit your destiny. Where you are going, the course of your life, in the hands of God. And God will take care of that. In the in this church itself, I have seen I have people come to me and say that their assessment in the corporate world, their assessment was wrong. They didn't get the justice or the their righteousness. See, I remember a long time back, maybe about 12 years back or maybe 14 years back, a lady coming and telling me, sharing in a prayer meeting that the boss misunderstood her, rebuked her and she was so discouraged, even thought of giving up the job if she didn't have an EMI to pay. But we prayed for her, for her comfort. But her righteousness was revealed. When her boss from US came, that boss looked at all that they did and this he commented the one thing she did which her Indian boss said was wrong 
Her righteousness also revealed when the US boss, the higher boss, justified what she did and commended her for that and she, God gave, he gave him a, her an award. I can tell you many stories. That is what God does. In family relationships, with siblings, neighbors, instead of fretting, handing over our case to God. Now, I should add a caveat here. Caveat is that there are times when we have to fight for justice. You know why? Because that will correct a mistake from perpetuity. But we have, we need discernment. When you see your neighbor's child always driving on the wrong side of the road at high speed, you must call the police and inform. That we are not talking about that here. This is talking about personal loss. If your action will correct a social mistake and will set a precedence for justice, there is every room for that. If it set a precedence for justice, sometimes the, the wrong that happens to us may be God's invitation to correct a social injustice. We should discern fully. Now Paul defended him many times. You know that? Only this place he was not allowed to speak without him defending. God released him. So that's the first promise. And I quickly move on to the second promise. The second promise falls in the realm of finances, wealth. And uh, I hope you probably know that I don't preach about financial prosperity. But I am not against the fact, the truth of the Bible, that God blesses his people with financial and material things. I won't deny that. There are two relationships with God. One, God is our creator. All of us can believe that, claim that. And he is our savior too. It's a difference between, I'm borrowing some idea from a book that I read recently. Again, David Lennox, the great Oxford mathematician, who wrote a book basically reflecting on scientific realities. He said there's a huge difference between, when it comes to relationships, there's a huge relationship between a creation and a child. You know, some of you are in the software or computer industry, IT industry. We create a computer. You assemble a computer. That is your creation. But you give birth to a child. Your son, your child, boy, a son or a daughter, a child. But your relationship with a computer that you assembled and the child that you gave birth to are two different relationships. You agree? That both has, he, he created it. He created the child also or she. But the relationship between a creator and the redeemer 
is a different. Both ways. Computer won't interact with him. Emotionally attach him. Computer will not ask him to read Bible stories to him, bedtime stories to him. Computer will not ask him for milk. Computer will not ask him to take him to the park. But I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that a child of God has some rights, some privileges, which other creatures, creations doesn't have. And one of that is definitely material and financial blessings. But the child is not, doesn't love the God, his father, just because he gives him a toffee every morning. But father gives him many toffees throughout the day. Now focusing on this particular topic. There are two things when it comes to finances from God, material blessings. One is sufficiency. And the second is efficiency. I'm not very sure. My English is not that perfect. But I'm trying to, I'll explain the sentences, uh, the, the words I chose. That the financial material sufficiency 17 sorry verse 16 says better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of the wicked what is the problem of this psalmist I mean what is the problem of the godly here because envy envy because the the ungodly those who do not serve God or love God has plenty he doesn't have that much I elaborated on it last week. He don't have as much as the godly have. But the Bible assures what God has given them. The little, let me read again. Better is the little that the righteous has little sufficiency of that than the abundance that the wicked has. What's the difference? Difference is, you have to, we are called, instead of fretting over and losing our sleep, God is calling us, inviting us to compare the two prosperities. One is, your prosperity is enjoyable. The little that you have, probably I will elaborate it from Ecclesiastes on another occasion. The very little that we have, or the godly have is better than the abundance that the ungodly has. How does that work? In my long journey with God in this world, I have come across a lot of rich people. My God, I have become envious. People of, who are not even of my qualification, not even up to my formation and up to my... They just became rich overnight. And they have houses. I have a friend I have had bought a house in some Latin American country. A plantation. Because he was a PhD in cardiology in one of the best hospitals in London and he bought a huge piece of land in a some Latin American country which I can't recall now. He has houses all over the world. 
One of friend I know, they are not my financial supporters. Please remember that. Uh, I mean, just want to remind you that. So one, one friend bought a Palm Island, a house in Palm Island in Dubai. You know that? The, after the great, great Wall of China, this is the only object that we can see from the moon. A huge estate built into the sea in Dubai. He bought a house there. Very rich. Houses in India. Houses in Pacific Islands. Some people have all this. But they don't enjoy it. They don't get time. My friend who bought this huge estate in Latin America, he said, Pastor Paulson, what to do with it? Because there was a change of government in that country. And the promises that the previous government made to international investors, come and invest in our country, it will be tax-free and all that. But the one stock of pen, the new government abrogated it, cancelled it, so that he cannot go to that country anymore. What is his property now? I asked, do you know what is happening to your property? He said, some people told me that go, they are trying to turn it into a forest. And he will have no, his rights are nullified. He lost that. A person, but the little small 5,000 rupees that you have, the minimum balance, quarterly balance you maintain in your savings bank account if you are godly, God promises that you will enjoy. That's the promise of God. Instead of fretting over these people who became rich overnight without a regard to God. And none of these people I mentioned, I would classify them ungodly. Okay. I met them in church context. They are godly people. But what I was trying to illustrate, get it right from me. That is, they, you can amass wealth one can amass wealth which doesn't give us peace. But without amassing wealth, the, the righteous will keep on enjoying it. I can't close this part without the irony there, which I think is an irony. The next verse, 317, Psalms 317. For, he says, about the comparative enjoyment, 37.17, he says, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Now, that's a mystery. I'm not saying that this God gave me interpretation. I was going through studying and all that. And I come across this interpretation. That is, the abundance, carrying the abundance, they are crushed under the abundance of their wealth. Their arms are tired because they are carrying the wealth all their life like Hercules carries the earth, planet earth on his back. The wealth crushes them. The wealth will never give them enjoyment. When the poor godly person enjoys the little he has, the abundance crushes the arm of the rich, the, the rich, ungodly rich. So I said sufficiency. The poor, small little thing that he has is sufficient. Second is efficiency. That is where I am not very sure about my diction. 
verse 30 sorry verse 21 21 the wicked borrows but does not pay back but the righteous is generous and gives his money is efficient enough not only that is his money is sufficient enough his money is efficient enough that but if you have a better word let me let you know later it is so efficient that he can keep on giving generously but the ungodly has plenty but he can't release what he has little bit of what he has a study showed that the poorest givers are the richest people a study which i read a few years ago about donation fundraising and all that they found out that the richest people are poor givers but there are exemptions like bill gates and uh, uh, narayana murthy and uh, ambani and others who are rich but they are very generous in giving uh, without that a general picture is that the rich want to get have more instead of giving but the poor godly person should not fret because he should know that god has given him the privilege to give generously while it's a highly risky thing to lend to the rich the, the poor the ungodly person because he may borrow from you and he will be never be able to even if he want to to pay it back that is the promise of god that the rich sorry the godly doesn't need to fret over these people the rich people envy the rich people because their little is enough it is efficient not only for them but others also he can lend and not be hurt and this is confirmed in the next verse that is verse 26 not next verse two four verses down the righteous and the, there's a contrast the rich rich and the wicked the wicked and the sorry the godly and the ungodly he is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing i though i don't check my facebook usually on sundays probably there was god was speaking to me through it also i was straight into the facebook profile to find the obituary my friend wrote and he was a person i ministered to for some years ago while he was working here in pune he went on to become the chairman of the united nations democratic process then he became the chairman for the south asia action aid the largest funding agency in the world and he he resigned it to come back to his country to his home state to his little village in down south kerala to take care of his old mother because he was the only son in the family and his sister lives in australia so a young man maybe 55 max now but he's decided to come back and take care of his mom and now two days back she passed away he's a political figure now and today yesterday was the funeral saturday 
and in the funeral uh, the chief minister of Kerala was there former chief minister was there a whole army of uh, political and social leaders were there because he was such a figure he wrote a obituary this morning and he said my mother taught me many things and he said many things she taught me she he smacked she smacked him the first smack and he remembers the tree from which that stick was cut i don't know the name of the tree, uh, tree in malayalam uh, in english and he said she smacked me for lying she taught me what is truth and she moreover she taught me to give generously that is what the godly are and the word of god the promise is that your children become a blessing because they have seen their mother and their father giving lending the word lending in in the hebrew bible simply means giving money now because we are not supposed to take interest in the bible old testament from fellow israelites you can take it from others but fellow israelites so when you give money you are not expecting anything only the money you lend if i gave 100 rupees i am expecting only 100 rupees from my 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 brother or sister my fellow israelite so children have seen that children have seen two realities that their father or mother is willing to share their food their clothes their money with the needy neighbors and they have also seen god's faithfulness that they never lack that miracle children grew up seeing that miracle and they become a blessing to others see that is what give i have seen people giving but adjust their giving in some other place justify their not giving they find all sort of excuses but god will bless the righteous the godly he will enable them to give joyfully and to feel unhurt and unarmed well during my one of my short stay in england in may in the us a friend of mine his wife bought a car and she has just done the first service after 5000 kilometers a brand new car and when i landed there to stay there for a short stay, for a short while i had a key waiting for me she parked the car in front of my house and said paulson as long as you stay in this country for the next 5 6 months this is your car and that car was given away to me for my use brand new car then i had to go for interstate drive driving through six cities this car was small her husband came and said paulson feel free to drive my car take a car on trip about 6000 kilometers miles 
over a week through six cities, six states. And he said one thing that stuck in my mind. He said, it won't hurt me. That sentence was stunned. I didn't take that car, that huge van, I didn't take. But the sentence he said, the sentence he used was that, you take my car, my large car, because that is more road dominance and comfortable for a long trip like this. When you will be driving thousand miles a day, sometimes, but he said, giving that to a person like me, a foreigner driving with a international license but not approved by their country, not from their country, will not hurt. How many of us can say that? When we release our money for the needy, when we release the money for God's kingdom, how many of us can say that have that blessing from God that I can release and whatever I release won't hurt me. That is the efficiency of God's blessings. When God blesses us financially, He keep on blessing us. To set an example for our children, for our people around us, a godly example, it is sufficient and it is efficient. It functions. It is functions. The irony is people who hold on to it. The weight of the wealth we amassed probably likely to crush us under its weight. The third thing. And that's the third blessing. I think three things a day is fine with us, isn't it? 37.11 is the blessing of peace. I might have said the word shalom in the Bible carries the connotation not only the calmness and quietness. It is there, but it, with it, it also carries the idea of wholeness, wholesome, holistic uh, blessings, blessing in all areas, health, wealth, prosperity, and uh, peace of mind, success, and all that you can think of can be just put, every, you can put everything into this, that God blesses us with peace. 37, 1, 11 says, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in Abundant peace. The meek shall inherit the land and delight in the abundance of peace. Two things which are related. Now, there are things which I don't know. And uh, many other scholars also don't know from the Bible. There is a lot of gray and dark areas in the Bible. God will reveal it in his, his own time. Before he comes, I hope, if he doesn't reveal these hidden uh, meanings, we can ask God if you are going there. <coughs> what land is he talking about? One possibility is the meek will inherit the land that the wicked has vacated. They probably might have gone bankrupt or 
the wicked may the, the, the godly may add more lands that may be one interpretation our lord jesus quoted the first part of this sentence in matthew's gospel chapter 5 5 he said blessed are the meek many of you might have learned it by heart blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth that's what he said again the doubt lingers is he talking about the land here or is he talking about the earth or is he talking about the new earth and the new heaven where we will be reigning with him forever still doubtful we don't know i don't want to make a observation right now but one thing the focus is the conquering power of this quality called meekness this quality called meekness which we many times wrongly identify with weakness we think that we meek people are weak that's not true i saw a video clip the other day on facebook or i don't know which word that in social media where i saw in an african countryside the lions are warming themselves in the road highway and no the cars one by one came and stopped both ends the lions the, they are not only the king of the forest that day they proved that they are the kings of the road as well and they blocked but they were not roaring they were not jumping at the cars they were not trying to attack the drivers and the drivers waited for a while and i saw that drivers even some of them have rolled their glass down to see the lines well probably i can share that with you but the line is cool all the lines are very cool they are warming themselves up and some of them are rolling over to their back and exposing their underbelly to warm up in the sun but the cars stopped they could stop the cars they could stop the traffic by being meek gently being there no not doing nothing other than just lying on the road that's meekness meekness is not weakness meekness is to behave in a controlled manner knowing what god is going to do trusting in him but that meekness has terrific power to conquer in my study i do a lot of study before i preach a word here and also pray i came across a definition which i would like to just read out to you and uh, so i'm just quoting something that i read when i wanted to know more about meekness just here begins the quote those who do not assert themselves over others in order to further their claim agenda their own agendas in their own strength but who will nonetheless inherit the earth because they trust in god to direct the outcome of the events did you get it or you want me to read it again let me read it again probably i'll share it in the uh, whatsapp official okay um let me read it again those who who are meek 
meek are those who do not assert themselves over others in order to further their own agendas in their own strength but who will nonetheless inherit the earth because they trust in god to direct the outcome of the events going back to the point i said a minute ago trusting the destiny to god these are the meek people they are not making use of their influence they are not making use of their power their abilities but they trust that trust and obey and trust and obey to be happy in jesus simply trust and obey that's the blessing the blessing of peace is ours we don't have to lose our temper when we are tempted to do that keep calm keep your cool and trust that god will vindicate us even when we are misrepresented god will give what is enjoyable and what will bless others without depriving of us our comforts making sure that we are taken care of and we become a channel of blessing and thirdly he fills us with peace when we are meek enough to make, let god act they have meekness that is instead of as i said earlier under vindication i said we are known how to self defend defend ourselves god will defend us we don't have to pretend to be poor and stop being a blessing to others because the little that the uh, the, the blessed man has god can make our little the puny little thing that we have make it a blessing like the child who brought the five loaves and two fish to god he can feed 5000 people plus people that's our god when peace which is a result of the meekness that we exercise and with all the blessings three blessings that we picked up today we don't have any reason to fret whatever the cause of the fretting is trust god trust god's word take it claim it as god's word for us may god bless us